This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Everyone all right? Everyone all right? Do you know what? I'm going to kick off by saying we had an amazing time Friday night in YABC. Okay, and I just want to bring this to you because, one, it's good for wider church to know what we're doing in youth. But also, I genuinely, genuinely believe, you know what, we're all on the same page. We're all one church, aren't we? Doesn't matter what your age is. Doesn't matter what meeting you go to. Actually, you know what, I was our age 11 to 18. But they are as much part of this church as our tiny little babies who have just gone out to kids' church now, aren't they? And for all of us, all of us, whatever age, it's really important to be on the same page of what we're doing. We had an amazing time. We shared the memory verse for the year. But you know what? Our young people are bringing to us this amazing. And Emily prayed a prayer. And I just want you to know, church, okay, that 2017 is an auspicious year of the Lord for us. You with me? And I believe... I believe that God is going to do something phenomenal and amazing in the body of this church, not just individually, but as ABC. And are you ready? And you know what? That word that, you know, our Beth Diol and Pat, amazing. Thank you, Lord, for giving us that. Because you know what God is saying? You're singing about me. Great. But now it's about to me. Make that change. You are going to fly. Because I'm already delighted with you. I'm already delighted by your praises. I love it. But you know what? When you make that switch from it being about me to being to me, then you watch what I do. That's the sort of time he opens heaven and pours out everything into us, isn't it? You know? And so I'm urging you today, church, that we all band together. We take on board the words that are coming through this church. We take on board the worship, but also his praise. His praise. His battle cry. His praise where we stand in a place and say, you are my shield, my portion. You sent your son to die for me. You are my righteousness. You are everything that I am. Because you know what the Bible says about that? That when... It's in the book of Kings, isn't it? You know, they send spies out to scout what the Israelites are up to. And the spy goes back and the king goes, right, what are they up to? How can we attack? And he goes, you must be, no way. The shout of the king is amongst them. God lives in their praises. When you lift him up, you do battle with anyone. And the Lord of the angel armies is on your side as a most present help. Ready? Because that's what 2017 is bringing there will be big things to get over, personally, but in the body of the church as well, but personally. And these messages are meant to be taken on board personally. I prefaced the last few messages with this, and I will do it again. Don't be looking around thinking, oh, if only that person was here to hear that message. Be looking at yourself saying, thank you, Lord, that I was here to listen to that message. Because we need to take it on board, we need to take it in, and we need to make it about him, but we need to now start giving it all to him. Got it? Isn't it exciting? Don't you love it that God is speaking? Don't you love it that God loves you enough to speak to you? That's how much he cares. He wants to go, just a quick word. (laughs) Yeah? That's what we want, isn't it? You know, otherwise, what's going on? But some of us just go, yeah, yeah, but that's, um, yeah, I'll just crack on as normal if that's okay. He is speaking to us. The least we can do is listen and act on it. Okay, so we're going to kick off, yeah? So, I am going to speak today. I'm rubbish with titles, by the way. If I have any feelings, and they are few, it is this, (laughs) that uh, I'm not very good at writing titles. So today, I'm going to talk to you about Peter and three scenes from Peter's life. I love Peter. Do you love Peter? Peter the disciple now. You know what I mean. Not just a random bloke called Peter (laughs) that I'm talking about. I love someone called Peter. Do you, Andrea? Stop talking. Right, no. (laughs) 
I've got um, three scenes from his life. Peter was a fisherman. Yeah? yeah. He was a follower. Yeah. And he was a finisher. Oh, got it? Oh, got it? So these are three scenes. Peter was a fisherman, a follower, and a finisher. Now, I read a lovely little book around this. Let me tell you the name of the... It's called The Search for the Twelve Apostles by William Smart McBurney. <laughs> I do love his name. I'm going to say it again. William Smart McBurney. There's a little bit of me that wishes my name was Andrea Smart McBurney. I'm not going <laughs> to lie, because I think that's lovely. And in this book, it's, lo- it's about a finding out about the 12 apostles, because they were amazing. And it said this thing, and you think, oh, yeah. You see, to us, we think of them as apostles, founders of the modern church, who spread the word of God across most of Europe, and then it spread to the world. But you know, to the people, their contemporaries, they were brothers, they were friends, and they were leaders. Isn't that lovely? You know what, and I think there's something in this for all of us, to be brothers, friends, leaders to the people around us. And they had this unassailable belief that the Great Commission was what they were called to do. And they didn't waver one step from it. So they weren't afraid to challenge anyone, whether you were a king or whether you were a commoner whether you were the most well-taught person in the Sanhedrin or whether you were a beggar on the street. They didn't make any differentiation between who and what you were because you needed the gospel of Jesus Christ to be saved. Isn't that amazing? And this is what they are. And that's, oh, that's what I want us to capture onto and hold onto about what we are in this world. And if I can give you any encouragement from Peter's life, I hope that's what you get this morning. As a, as a, you know, we had our starting point last week, didn't we? Impossible to very much possible with our God. Yes? Yes? Oh, come on. Honestly. Give me your gold. No, I'm not. Right? I do love a bit of feedback, I know, I know. Again, it's one of my most minor, weaker flaws. <laughs> but if you could, uh, if you could just uh, see your way clear to let me know I'm doing all right. I'm so selfish, all right? No, it's okay, it's okay. Here we go, here we go. You ready? First scripture up. We're going into straight into Peter the fisherman. This is in Matthew 4, verse 19 and onwards, okay? All of this now, we're going to be seeing about Peter's integrity and character throughout all of this. And I believe those are two essential components for any Christian. Do you know what? If you want to be effective in your world, then you make sure that you act with integrity the whole time. Do not be the sort of Christian where people can say, yeah, well, she says that, but actually she fiddles her timesheet. She's knocking off without telling anyone. Actually, she's the sort of Christian who was bitching about somebody behind their back. Yes, she was. Sorry, I said the word bitching. But you know what I mean. Because we say worse words than that, but we pretend on Sunday that we don't. Okay? So let's not be that person, a person filled with integrity. And I absolutely love the disciples because they were flawed characters. They were ordinary people. And Jesus says, ha ha, come with me. So here we go. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter. What's that about? Simon called Peter. (laughs) One or the other, isn't it? Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. It's a bit more. Is it a bit more? Yes. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, Jameson of Zebedee and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So there we see, 
Jesus has started his ministry. These are the first people he calls. He's around the, the, the Sea of Galilee, which um, my only real knowledge of seeing the Sea of Galilee is from the Top Gear special. <laughs> Anybody watch that? Fortunately, it was on this morning. I like to take that as a sign from God. Okay? So I was watching it. And apparently, so I thought, I thought, I'll do a quick bit of research around that. Apparently, even though it's, it's, you know, we think of it as the Lake of Galilee, so that's something like, I don't know, no, it was much, 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 much bigger. There were around 30 fishing towns around the lake, okay? So this is huge. The biggest of which was, if you went to a school governor strata, you say Capernaum. If not, you say Capernaum, okay? So that place, that was the biggest one. And that's where Jesus had been preaching. And then he walks along and he sees these people. First point about Peter, he was at work when Jesus found him and called him. All right? You get in that? You see where I'm going with this? Ordinary lives. Jesus could have gone to the temple. He could have gone to the synagogues. He could have gone to the Sanhedrin. He could have gone anywhere he went. He could have gone to the higher echelons of society. Those people all matter too. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But what he did was he stopped some blokes going about their daily business in their work clothes. And Jesus said, come with me and I will make you fishes of men. And do you know what they did? They stopped everything and followed him. Oh, now then, is that a lesson for our lives right there or not? People are like, not. <laughs> because this is challenging, isn't it? Because I want you to know that you can be so productive. You can be productive professionally. You can be productive personally. You can be productive financially. You can even be productive spiritually. Okay? But if you're not dropping all of that to follow Jesus, it's nothing. It's nothing. You will be productive, but at the wrong things. Our whole call as a Christian is to be productive about Jesus. Two Jesus, we've been told this morning, haven't we? So everything that I am, you know, Phil mentioned last week, the rich young ruler. We talked about this on Friday. And you know, something I forgot to say on Friday, and I kicked myself all yesterday for it, is this. Jesus says, the rich young ruler says, how can I follow you? He says, you sell everything, give it all away, and you follow me. And the rich young ruler couldn't do it, could he? He walks away crestfallen because he can't do it. But you know what? Jesus has, a, has every right to ask you to lay it all aside. Do you know why? Because he is the rich young ruler. He gave everything up to come to us. Do you see? So Jesus is the one person in this world who can say, leave it all and follow me. Because he left the Father to come and serve us in the form of a baby. So you see, when he says, come and follow me, doesn't mean sometimes, for some of you it might mean, but it doesn't mean giving up work and trotting off blithely around the streets wearing a placard saying repent for the end is nigh, does it? <laughs> it doesn't. What it means is, is that you carry on your getting up, going to work, everyday life, but now you do it unto the Lord. Yes? And you keep your work clothes on, knowing that also you are now clothed in the righteousness of God himself through Christ Jesus. So you work and you work and your productivity isn't anything that you can gain for self, but is all for the glory of the Most High God. Haven't I just made your work day so much easier? Haven't I? Or people thinking, oh, oh, but I'm not really a Christian in work. They don't really know. Oh, deadly quiet. See that one funny, was it? Some of us are stealth Christians. Yeah? 
we like to think of ourselves as a bit of like MI6 operatives in the Christian world. <laughs> yeah? And no, I'm not telling people in work yet. I am actually infiltrating them for Jesus. And at the <laughs> correct time, I might share that I am, in fact, a follower of Christ. Right? But, this is, but Jesus doesn't ask you to do that, does he? He doesn't ask you to do that anyway. What he says is, you put that down, you pick me up. Yeah? yeah? You put that down and you pick me up and wherever you go, I go. Yes, yes. You say to him, wherever you go, I go. So you are always together. So whatever comes across your path in your day, we have heard this morning, if you are praising your Father in heaven and giving all the praise to him, you're unbeatable. No weapon forged against you shall prosper. Yes. Because people are like, oh, I, um, maybe they're afraid I could prosper. Because, you know, but we let them. We yeah. let the fiery darts get at us, don't we? Yeah. We let the little foxes into the, into the vineyard. Yeah. And they nibble away, yeah. don't they? Tearing down what we're trying to build up. So that's why you stop what you're doing and do what Jesus is doing. Yes? Yeah. yeah. It's easy. And this is why I love Peter. Now, Peter was impulsive, wasn't he? He was impulsive. This is the man, lest we forget, cut off the ear of a soldier or an ear. Sorry for those listeners online to offend you with my Slenelli accent. <laughs> he cut off the ear of a centurion when they came to arrest Jesus. That's what Peter was. I love Peter. I love him because he was a hothead. He was the one that would act first, think later. Okay, and we're all a little bit like that. As much as we would all really, really, really love to be like John, the most beloved, <laughs> most beloved, <laughs> the one who always did it right, always got it right, and the Gospels tell us could run faster than Peter as well. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because he could do everything. We'd all love to be like John. The truth is, we're a bit more Peter and a little bit more Thomas as well. Aren't we? Because we're only human, but that is not an excuse. Yeah? So now, with our feet planted on the rock and our eyes fixed on the author and finisher of our faith, our faith, we live a life of integrity and character knowing that what I am doing, I am doing unto Christ. Yes? It's amazing, isn't it? Can you see what all of this does for us? That all of this is opening up everything for us. They left everything. They left. They left everything didn't mean they forgot about people because the bible tells us our people's um, peter's mother-in-law gets healed doesn't she so they didn't forget people but they left everything that they were behind the challenge today is to leave what has gone go okay some of us are living back there aren't we our memories oh if we could switch off memories wouldn't it just be a wonderful thing if we could switch off anxieties, wouldn't it be a marvellous thing? If we could switch off paranoia, that is, just seems to be there to trip you up. They're talking about you. And you think, ah, oh, everyone's going to hate me after this. Everyone's going to be saying how rubbish you are. Everyone's going to say, no, she's not as good as you. Do you know what? What you think of me is entirely your business. Yeah? You can keep that to yourself. I give you permission, hear me now, to keep that to yourself. <laughs> There we go. You do not need to project any of your anxieties about you onto me. I give you permission to keep it. I, I'm not being funny. 
Do you know what I mean? Because we're so scared of looking at ourselves and our own behaviour, we turn it into all about somebody or something else. So sooner than address what is going on in here, I will make it a problem about you. Or I will make it a problem about style. Or I will argue about a nitpick about semantics. Oh, I didn't like the way the chairs were. But you know what? Suck it up, buttercup. (laughs) It's not really important, is it? Is it? People are dying in Aleppo and you're conning about a chair? (laughs) No, seriously now. Come on. Is it? I'll be told off after for being a bit too firm. Am I being a bit shouty or screechy? Oh, good. I knew I was, and I just needed that affirmation, Mark. Thank you. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not blaming anyone, but we're all a little bit like that because it's all about our brains are set up for self-preservation. Okay? That is what your brain will do. It will tell you, don't worry, you're going to be all right, you're going to be all right, you're going to be all right, you're going to be all right. So what you translate that into is, therefore it must be somebody else. Rather than going, do you know what? You were a little bit like that. Now, sort that out, and it's going to be okay. Because with God, all things are possible. So that thing in your life you think you can't sort out and makes you act a certain way, believe me, it can change in Jesus' name. Because with God, all things are possible. With man, it is impossible. With God, it is possible. Amen and hallelujah. Excellent. Thank you for your cooperation in this matter. (laughs) Right. Okay, point two. Peter was a follower. So now we've seen him be called and now he follows. Can I have that scripture up please? Matthew 16 verses 15 to 19 if you're following me in your Bibles. If you're not, that's all right. It's all right. Is it up? It is up. It is up. Shall I read it from here? It might be nicer for all of you to watch me read I think. (laughs) It makes me feel a bit clever because I get to put my glasses on and look at you like this. (laughs) No it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't even know where I am. Okay. Where am I? read it up on you. But what about you, we asked. <laughs> didn't happen, didn't happen. Who do you say I am? This is Jesus talking to the disciples. Ready for this? I'm about to rock your world again. Ready? I don't know if I am. Actually, I don't rock my world. I quite like it as it is. No, come on. Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Anything else? No? Okay. The disciples are sitting around, and Jesus challenges them. He says, now then, you're out there, you're with all those people. Who are they saying I am? The disciples give the conventional answer, which is, oh, they're saying you're John the Baptist. They're saying you're Elijah. They're saying you're, you're a prophet. It's all this, this sort of herd information that they're getting from people. But it is Peter who says, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He has seen the impossible has happened. The Messiah has come and he believes it. So my challenge is, When people ask you who Christ is, what is your answer? Because people will ask us, won't they? People do ask us. I love what James just shared, that somebody in his school who hates church is clicking like on a post about a church. So before long, James, gird your loins, he's going to come and say, who is this Jesus? 
I'm praying that because I know that you'll be able to give him a good answer. I'm praying you'll give him a good answer because we're all going to be in that position, aren't you? So who are you saying Jesus is? Um, I don't like to talk about it in work time, actually. Um, can you text me after? Email me? We, who do you think he is? Because if it's only just about him and not to him, if we only have a concept of him and not an actual steadfast, faith-filled belief in him, who are you going to say Jesus is? We need to move from one paradigm to another. Do you see it? A paradigm that is now faith-filled, real, acted out, day in, day out, trod, 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 trod. Yes, getting up at seven o'clock. Yes, reading your Bible before you go to work. Yes, praying when you're in work. Yes, praising while you're in work or driving to work. Yes, doing it all. Praying for that colleague who can't stand. Praying for that doctor who was read to you in the surgery. Praying and praying and praying and praying and all the while praising your father in heaven. So that when people ask you who Jesus is, you can say, he is the Messiah, the son of the living God. And this is how I know. Let me tell you what he's done for me. Mm. Right? Yes. Yes. People will ask you. People will ask you. And you need to have an answer. And if it is an answer constructed from little bits of ideology, with the greatest of respect, friends, I'm here to tell you that's wrong. What your answer is, is about the goodness of God in your life. And the fact that you have been plucked out of deepest, darkest hell because of him. Yeah. <laughs> right? Sounds a bit dramatic. I am given to the drama. You probably all know that about me. Fully functioning drama gene going on here. Okay? But that is what it is. If I am just trying to say, do you know what? He's made my life a little bit nicer. Because, uh, you know, it's uh, other world religions have their views of things like this and we've got a f there's a, a risk a real 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 risk in the modern church of dipping over into woolly minded new age positive thinking liberalism Right? I saw a meme on Facebook the other day because of all this stuff going on in America. You know what a meme is? It's a picture with like a strap line, like a little comedy joke, a picture of Jesus, and it says the first ever libtard underneath. Do you know what? My Jesus is no woolly-minded liberal. Right? He is the most just, the most upright, the most loving person you will ever come across. So if you are constructing a gospel that is just, well, you know what, I feel the fear doing anyway, you know, and then all sorts of little bits of this, little bits of that, all Jesus wants is for me to be happy. You know, you are not reading your word, number one. Number one. You are not taking on board all the words that God is giving to people to speak into your lives, number two. And number three, you're putting yourself first, which is pride. Okay? So the challenge for us in an, our everyday lives, going about what we do, is to stick to what Jesus says. If Jesus says, I shouldn't do it, then I shouldn't do it. If Jesus says, it's all right for me to do it, then it's all right for me to do it. Do you know what he says it's all right for me to do? To love everyone as myself but to love the Lord my God with all my heart, spirit, soul, body, strength, mind, everything that I am, I lay it all down to him because he's the rich young ruler who gave it all up for me. Yeah. Got it? Yeah. Do you see how serious this is? Yeah. If you are not rooted into Jesus, the risk is that there will be, you will be penetrated by some other ideology which takes the focus off Jesus and makes it all about self. And let me tell you, while that is happening, the devil is sitting back licking honey off his fingers because we're doing his job for him. 
right? The biggest threat. I saw, I, I heard a preacher say this. You know what? It's great to listen to other preachers. It's even better to read the word for yourself, yeah. okay? Yeah. But listen, this is what is going to happen. A time will come where people will dispense with the word and be preaching out of their own experience and out of their own ideas of what is going on. Wrong, 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 wrong. If anybody stands up before you and replaces the name of Jesus with the word church, you run for the hills. If they replace the name of Jesus with some sort of ethos that is all about positive thinking and feeling nice, you run for the hills. Jesus is is uncompromising. You with me? He doesn't shilly-shally or namby-pamby around people. He is loving to the nth degree, church loving to the nth degree but if you think you can take one word of his and bow it to your will without changing i'm here to tell you you are doing wrong with love in my heart i am telling you what you are doing is wrong and it is to the detriment of your soul for we prosper as our soul prospers do we not as the bible tells us you will prosper as your soul prospers which is why it's in your best interest to stay rooted in the vine and give it all up for jesus because as you prosper you become more christ-like that sets off a chain reaction where the world around you your world and the people around you are changed by your light which is the light of christ himself it makes things different if you are believing something different you are wrong Sorry, we're not allowed to say wrong in the 21st century, see, are we? We're not allowed to tell people they're wrong. We're meant to say, okay, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm taking that on board. I'm going to reflect on that. And maybe we're going to have to agree to disagree. No, we are not. If you aren't doing what Jesus says, if you aren't loving Jesus and making him the centre, you are wrong. Yeah? He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is only one mediator between man and God. And that is the man Christ Jesus. If you are making it anything else, well, I, you know, I sort of just like to um, listen to some music on my own. And that, you know, is, is fine for me. Great, great. It makes you feel nice. It's nice to feel nice, isn't it? Nobody likes to feel horrible. It's nice to feel nice. But what I'm saying to you is, no, 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 no. Now you engage your faith and you come back to the word of the Lord and to your saviour. It's not just about you sitting in a room listening to some music and feeling okay. Our duty is to go out and make disciples of all men. See, this is what I mean by spiritual prosperity being turned on its head. The 21st century will tell you it's fine for you to grow. It's fine for you to focus on personal growth to the detriment of everybody else around you. But let me tell you, if you're in your spirit bubble here and you're not doing any bit of good to the people around you, you are not Christ in this world. If the only focus you have is the edification of self, And listen, we all want to become more Christ-like, don't we? Mm. We do. But if my only focus is the edification of self to the detriment of everybody else around me, I am not doing the work of Christ. Yes? Yes. 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 So it's good. Smile. Pray for people. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them. And you'll get put right by doing that. You don't have to go off into some spirit bubble, to some prayer cupboard, for five hours a day, you know, praying about that thing and hoping God's just going to make it right. Do you know what? Get out and help people. That's what Jesus did. Get out and help people. If you want to, your self-esteem so low, you need some affirmation, not a problem I ever suffer with. I have to be honest with you. (laughs) Low self-esteem? No. Somebody once, my teenagers, I had a boyfriend who once finished with me because my self-esteem was too high. (laughs) Actual, actual fact. Actual fact. 
a bloke said to me, do you know, the thing is, he said, you, you've got such good self-esteem, you don't really need me. And I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> better off without you, you know. Don't be with anyone just because they want to be made to feel better. What are you doing? You're with someone because they make you feel a better version of you. No. Do you see where I'm going? Yeah, yeah. You are you. You don't have to rely on anybody else to feed that bit inside you. You are made in the image of God. You are known. You are loved. You are called. You are remembered. And all those mountains we build up in our lives to block the son of Jesus out so that we can't see him. Do you know what we've just sung? They will be shattered in the name of Jesus. Once you are engaging with the Lord, if you want to feel better about yourself, do you know what you should do? Pay a compliment to somebody else. Do something for somebody else. And inside you, you just grow. And all of a sudden, it doesn't matter whether people think you're thin or pretty or lovely or funny or clever. None of that stuff matters anymore because your Father in heaven sees you, is delighted and blesses. Yes? yes? Yeah. Do you see how this all works into each other? So Peter was a follower. He wasn't just a doer. He wasn't just a listener. He was a follower. He made it about Jesus. People will come and ask and you, I hope, will have an answer. You know, before we move on to point three, which is he was a finisher, some big, big, big stuff happens, doesn't it? Before we get to the end. Jesus is arrested. He predicts to Peter, before I am killed, you will deny that you ever knew me. Mm. And Peter goes, no way, Jesus. No way. I will always, always say that I know who you are and I love you. Three times the cock crows and three times Peter denies that he ever even knew Jesus. Right. Ever even knew him. And we're all thinking, oh, oh, poor Peter, that's awful. But I'm here to say, any behaviours that you were involved with, that means you can't say the name Jesus in company. Any secrets you have to keep around people because you think if you talk about your faith, they're not going to like you anymore. Any time you have to keep something to yourself or you're with company that defames whatever Jesus is doing, let me tell you, by actions, we are denying Jesus Christ. We might not be saying, no, I don't believe in him. And we kid ourselves because we're not saying those words out loud. No, I never knew him. I've never met him. Because we're not saying those things that we're not denying him. Our very behaviours and actions deny that Christ is in us. If, if there is anything in your life that is pulling you off that path and making you deny Jesus by action, by thought, by deed, by omission, friends, it's time to change that. Because we kid ourselves we kid ourselves we're not doing it, but we are doing it. So anytime you join in gossiping work, oh, I know, that's a hard one, isn't it? Because it's so lovely sometimes. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I'm, not, I, I'm only human. I'm not going to lie to you. You know when somebody's got a really juicy titbit and you think, I don't want to hear it, for I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but just tell me quick and then I'll, um, <laughs> I'll make my own decision about whether I listen to you or not, <laughs> if you could. You know, we do, don't we? You know, any time you're involved, oh, listen, I have no interest in looking at anybody's internet history, okay? But sometimes we look at things that aren't very edifying. Shall I leave it at that? Now, before you all go home and do a quick bit of, like, deleting, <laughs> all right, just to say... You might not have anybody in the room with you while you're looking at that stuff, but God sees and you are denying him by doing it. Do you see that we kid ourselves? You know, the Bible tells us things that are done in the dark will be brought to the light. 
And it's not to humiliate you, it's to help you. God desires change in our innermost parts. So I'm here to say, if there are any behaviours pulling you off track, address them. If you don't know how to address them, find somebody who can help you address them. Yeah? So that's what happens. Jesus goes to the cross. Peter denies him, and it says he wept. When the cock crows, and he realises what he's done. Because this wasn't Judas, okay? This wasn't betrayal by design. This had caught him out. He got caught out by his own overconfidence by being flippant Mm. and by treating it like it didn't matter your confidence sometimes is based in yourself not in Jesus if he's telling you something listen to him listen to him don't think oh yeah 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 but I'm strong enough to do it Lord watch me and you just aren't in your own strength strong enough to do that thing so stay with him because Jesus knew and when Peter when the cockerel crows and Peter realizes the Bible says he wept bitterly he was ashamed he was devastated because he knew what he had done his savior his lord and he had said i don't even know him no 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 me nah not one of those i'm not one of them i'm not one of them i don't go there no (laughs) cockerel crows he realizes jesus is going to be killed and he doesn't have a way to put it right that's what he thinks He does have any way to put it right. We have a way to put it right. Don't we? You repent. Stop what you're doing. Turn towards Jesus. Walk that way. Which brings us to our final point. Peter was a finisher. That's what I love about Peter. Thank you, Lord, for Peter. Do you pray that when you're reading the Bible? Thank you, Lord, for this person. Thank you for everything they are and what they're teaching us. This is the last bit. This is in John. Jesus has been crucified. He's been buried. The disciples have gone and seen the empty tomb yes but then they don't know where he's gone do they but he reveals himself to the disciples they don't recognize him at first but he reveals himself can we get that scripture up please it's john 21 right at the end right at the end of the book of john right 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 at the end and jesus sees a bunch of fishermen on the sea of galilee casting nets remind you of anything but back where we started do you read the Bible like that, incidentally? Or do you just read it as a series of verses? See, I read it like a book. So the parallels spring out at you. This is poetry, friends. This is the best prose you'll ever read in your life. Look at the mirroring that happens here. So Jesus is walking along the shore. They don't recognise him. And he sees a bunch of fishermen in their work clothes, casting in nets, and he calls to them from the shore. And he says, bring a catch in. And when they re- sit down and eat with him, they realise it was Jesus. Imagine. Can you imagine? No, no. <laughs> but Jesus calls you, sits down and says, would you like to have some food with me? And you don't recognise him. And after eating, you sit and you think, oh, it's Jesus. You'd be thinking, what did I say? So I'd be thinking, what did I say? Did I say anything terrible? Did I say anything terrible? No, phew, tick. Hiya. Right, you know. <laughs> So when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you, Jesus said, feed my sheep. Leave it there. I don't need to have any more for a minute. 
three times. Three questions. Do you love me? 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 In the translations, I'm sure Ian will be able to give us all of the verbs and declinations of such Greek words, should you wish to ask him later. <laughs> um, in the first time, he's talking about, he said, do you love me? Agape love. Unconditional love. Do you love me, Peter? Now, don't forget, Peter has denied him three times. Yeah? So three times now he's asked, do you love me? For every denial, there's a confirmation of, do you love me? The first time he asks him, he says, is it unconditional love? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Second denial, second question, do you love me? This time it's filios love, brotherly love, a love that binds us together. Yes, Lord, I love you. Third time. And I read this, and I never noticed this before. And this is what some, some of the Greek and, and, and Latin scholars say. The third time he asks the question, he couches it differently. The translations don't do it justice for us in English, do they? But he asks him, Peter, are you even a friend to me? Now then, jaws hit the floor. Do you love me? Of course I love you. It's all about you. Do you love me? Yeah, 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 I love you. Ah, oh, but are you even a friend to me? Are you a friend to Jesus? Are you friends with him first? You see, it's easy, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't that what God is telling us this morning? Isn't it? It's easy to say, it's all about you, it's all about you, it's all about you, I love you, I love you, I love you. But he is saying, yeah, but are you even a friend to me? To me? Are you even a friend to me? Three denials, three questions. But you know what? Can we put up the last few verses there, Lee, the last couple of bits? This is what happens then. You see, Peter, if he ain't nothing, he's a finisher. This is what I love about somebody as impulsive and as headstrong as Peter, is that when it mattered, you know what? He had a second chance. He wasn't going to do it wrong again. You know how many chances you've had, yeah? yeah. Umpteen. Yeah. Right? So the second chance he has, he's like, do you know what? I love you. I love you. I love you. And then Jesus tells him this. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Next bit. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Oh, if you are prepared to follow Jesus, you need to follow wherever the path goes. Three times he asked him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And now Peter is back and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to mess this up again. I love you. I love you. I love you. And Jesus goes, good. And I'm telling you this, where you follow me is to your death. I pray God that isn't the case for some of us. But the truth is some of us leave this world sooner than others, isn't it? And, but you know what? That doesn't shortchange you in terms of following Jesus, does it? We've lost people. Lots of us have lost people, haven't we? And it breaks our hearts. But in the sure and certain hope that they are resurrected in glory, then we walk on, don't we? They followed their saviour to death. Yeah. Oh, that somebody could say that about me at the end of my days, I tell you, I'll think, oh, I did all right then. You know? Do you know what I'm saying? And he says that. And even when Peter knows, though, that that is what's before him, he says, Jesus says to him, now follow me. And Peter does, because he goes on to write the most amazing letters. Have you read Peter's letters, first and second letters? It's all about faith refined by suffering. It is. It's all about faith refined through the furnace of suffering that builds you up, that you become something. 
that you were never before. So can we just put that up from Peter? And this is where I want to end. Because this isn't a discouraging word. I hope you don't think it is discouraging. Because honestly, what I want to do is just encourage you to say, you know what? If Jesus is going to do it for Peter, he's going to do it for you. Now, we know that right back in the Old Testament. You know when Joshua says, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. He's with Moses, he's with Abraham, he's with Isaac and Jacob, he's with all the apostles and disciples, and he's with us. And this is what he says about you. So do not ever think that you are not chosen, called, known, loved. You are not alone and you are not forgotten in this world. You, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Church, church, if we learn anything today, it is that he is worth it. So let's make it to him, not about him. Remembering always who we are and who he is, what we've been saved from and how we just need to have the faith to follow and finish. Amen. God bless you all. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.